16, and I'm going to keep talking about submission, about the S word. You know, nobody's talking about this much today. It's a, it's a, it's a word that seems to be from a different era, considered a degrading word, a demeaning word, an insulting word. You would be so amazed at how many brides ask me, can we take the S word out of the ceremony? Because nobody wants, you know, that word. And we live in a time where, you know, everybody's, everybody's insecure and everybody's afraid. And so nobody wants to let their guard down to anyone, whether it's a, a person, a man or a woman or a church or a job or anything. We're living life with the guard up. And so we live in a world of prenups and secret bank accounts and all kinds of stuff that we do in case it goes wrong. And, you know, we put so much energy into, you know, in case it goes wrong plan that we're not really <laughs> putting any effort into, like, how do we make this work and be really successful? Again, not too many people are talking about this, and so I want to talk to you today about to fr- really to frustrated people, to people who feel stuck and who are frustrated, especially on the job. And I'm going to tell you a fascinating story about a woman who had a great job and how quickly things went from bad to worse. And I want to talk to you about the fix for frustration. So in Genesis chapter 16, you can read it on the screen with me. And if you wouldn't mind just standing with me and let's read this together. This is the word of the Lord. And I pray that God will speak to you today. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children. And she had an Egyptian maidservant whose name was Hagar. So Sarai said to Abram, see now, the Lord has restrained me from bearing children. Please go into my maid. Perhaps I shall obtain children by her. And Abram heeded the voice of Sarai. Then Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian, gave her to her husband, Abram, to be his wife, after Abram had dwelt 10 years in the land of Canaan. So he went into Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, when Hagar saw that she became pregnant, she, her mistress became despised in her eyes. In other words, when she got pregnant, she started looking down on her mistress, Sarai. Then Sarai started complaining to Abraham, my wrong upon you. I, you know, this is your fault. I gave my maid into your embrace. And when she saw that she had conceived, I became despised in her eyes. So the Lord judged between you and me. This isn't right. And he says, not my problem. This is your maid. You know, you can just see this whole family just goes up. You know, it's just disaster. This is due to her as you, you, you please. She's yours. And so Sarai dealt harshly with her. So then she fled from her presence. And the angel of the Lord finds uh, Hagar by a spring of water in the wilderness, by the spring on the way to Shur. And he says, Hagar, Sarai's maid, where have you come from? Question number one. And where are you going? Question number two. And she said, I'm fleeing from the presence of my mistress, Sarai. And the angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress And submit yourself to her. Submit yourself under her hand. So she did it. And then jumping down to verse 13, she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me. You're the God who sees me. And I want to talk to you about the fix for frustration. And this is going to be really good, especially for people who are frustrated on the job. So let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you for what you're going to say. And Father, just do something in us where our mind adapts and conforms to what your spirit is saying through this word today. And not just to hear it, but to do it as well. Fill us all with that sense of wonder 
as you talk to us specifically to our own situation, conform us to your will. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. And you may be seated. Even though we know nothing in life is perfect, I mean, we'll all agree if somebody says, do you expect life to be perfect? You would say, well, no, I don't expect it to be perfect, but we do. We want everything to go the way that we, we want life to be simple, we want it to be ordered, we want it to fit in the categories that we think, and we, we just want it to work. I mean, we're not expecting perfection, but yes, we want it to go the way we think that it should go. And even though uh, life, in reality, is a very complex conglomeration of things that are going well for us and things that are not going well for us. But the funny thing is, when things start to go badly, it's amazing how everything is bad. Right? I mean, things can be good and things can be bad, but let something go bad for a little while and it becomes this sweeping generalization. It's all bad. I hate this place. I don't like it. This is awful. Especially, you know, when you're having frustration on the job. I mean, that's the worst place to have frustration because you're, you're going to be in misery because you spend more waking hours at work than you do anywhere else in, in, in life. You know, there, there, there you are, you know, and you liked it at first. You know, hey, this is a great job, and I like the salary, and you like the opportunity, even like the people that you work with, and then you met her. <laughs> then, you know, that person was there, and all of a sudden, now you hate going into work. I hate, if she looks, if she rolls her eyes at me one more time at this work, and you start going into work in the morning, and you're agitated, and you're frustrated, and you're dreading it, and you're just upset. And so there you have the enemy ripping off like half of your day, 12 hours of your day gone. You say, well, I don't work 12 hours. Yeah, but you don't think that the frustration starts when you clock in. I mean, when you wake up, you've got a couple hours getting ready for work. You know, I can't believe it's going to be this way today, and God so help me. If she sets it off, I'm going to set it back off. <laughs> I've been your pastor long enough to know you set it off. <laughs> you, you, if, 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 uh, if she gives me, you know, crap today. <laughs> And so you're, so you're going in just all agitated, and then you go to work, and then you're coming home. I can't believe they took credit. That was my idea. That was my report. I, I should have gotten, you know, the credit for that. And I can't believe this happened. And so you're all stirred up, and you're carrying that with you. And the enemy robbing from you the joy and the peace and the stability in life. And here, God has blessed you with provision for your life, Right? God's providing for you. He's putting food on your table, and he's provided you this place to take care of your needs. And I can't stand it. And I don't like it here. This is Hagar's situation. I mean, as far as we can tell, I mean, she loved her job. She had a great job, great opportunity, loved the people, went to work for the wealthiest family in the whole area. I mean, as far as anybody knew, Abraham was the wealthiest guy. She gets to work as the personal assistant for this woman, Sarai, you know, her, her maidservant. So, so she's got a great opportunity. All of her needs for life would be set until one day her boss comes up with a solution to, uh, to a problem that they're having that involves her, and they didn't consult with her. They didn't ask her opinion. Which is what happens when you're under the authority of some other people and you're, you know, they're, they're your boss. They're going to make decisions that involve you that they don't ask your opinion about. You know, it's not like they say, you know, hey, you know, we're thinking about laying off. We've got to cut some things back. We want to know how you feel about that. They don't ask you that question. They don't talk to you. They'll make, you know, we were thinking about taking your office and, you know, giving it to this guy. You go under the stairs, keep the stapler. We don't, we don't mind. But, you, you know, they don't ask you those questions. They just make the decisions. And they made a decision about Hagar's body 
And they didn't even ask her opinion how she felt. They thought, this is the solution to our infertility. So they made this decision. Abraham, you know, take my maidservant, uh, you know, take, take her, and, uh, and, and this will be the answer to our problem. Which some of you ladies are going, no way that would ever happen. <laughs> No way, this is crazy, what's up with that? And you know, you need to understand it's not quite as abnormal and as crazy as you would think because this is how they handled the infertility issue in those days. If you had someone in your household who, who could produce a child and you were barren, so then you, you could do it this way and it was the normal customary thing. You would, you would take this woman to be like another wife. And, and so in Hagar's mind, this isn't a bad deal. I mean, you notice she's not upset in, this, in the text here. I mean, this is actually... You know, in a sense, you know, I was just a servant, but now I've been elevated here to a position of one of the wives of Abraham. My security uh, is going up in the world. And so she's fine with it until she got pregnant. When she got pregnant, she changed. Now she's on the job with attitude. (laughs) And there is nothing as amazing as having people come onto the job with attitude, working you know, don't, you're coming to work, and I'm supposed to pay you, and you're going to give me attitude? That's the way it's supposed to be? And that's, people are crazy. That's what people do today. They come with this, you know what I'm talking about, you know, the vibes that, and by the way, I'm not talking about any of you. This is just Hagar. We're just telling her story in the Bible. But you know about those people that give off vibes and little attitudes, and you know, I don't like, I don't like what your decision was, so I'm going to make you pay. <laughs> and they have this little, you know, they roll the eyes at you, and they're banging things down and just making, you know, little conversations. And so Sarai is not dumb. She, she's the boss, and she starts picking up on this attitude. So she goes and complains to Abram. Do you see what she's, do you see her roll her eyes at me? See her banging the pots and banging the pans around? She didn't even make the bed today. I don't know what she's thinking. She's, she, and he's like, don't even talk to me about, like, deal with the drama. I don't even want it. And so she starts to bring the heat back on Hagar because of the attitude that Hagar was giving to her. Who are you telling me what to do? I, kinda, I got elevated here. I got promoted. You can't tell me what to do anymore. So Sarah, Sarai has about enough of this, and, and she starts to bring the heat down on Hagar. Be not deceived, the Bible says. God is not mocked. Whatever a person sows, that will they also reap. So I don't care whether you're on the top or you're on the bottom. If you spew out hate, it's going to have hate come back to you. If you spew out evil, evil's coming back to you. If you spew out attitude, attitude is what's going to come back to you. Whatever you send out, that's what's coming back. So you don't like what you're getting, change what you're sending out. Whatever a person reaps, that's or sows, that's what they're going to reap. You want the woman to be more loving? Send some love out. Love her better. You want the husband to love you more? You want, you want the man to love you? Well, stop with the attitude. Treat him better. Whatever you sow, whatever you, whatever you give out, that's what's going to come back to you. And so you've all experienced this where people are crazy. They think that, that somehow by displaying attitude, it's going to make things better. Have you ever been waited on by somebody who's supposed to serve you, and they come and serve you with attitude? I don't know what the soup of the day is. And you're like, where did that come from? Because something bad happened on the job that they don't like, so they're taking around attitude to everybody. And it's bizarre because they kind of want you to know how bad they have it, so they're going to treat you badly, and somehow you're supposed to feel sorry. But hey, you know, guess what? Maybe your world's going to change when I call the manager to come over here. Because whatever you sow, that's what you're going to reap, you know. You, you started the fire, now you're choking on the smoke. 
it's smoky in here. Well, I guess so. You're the one on fire. <laughs> so, you know, what are you complaining about? And Hagar, you know, sets off all this fire. It says very specifically, she began to despise her mistress because she had a little bit of, you know, elevation that happened in her life. And Sarah starts to send the smoke back to her. And it finally gets to be unbearable. You know what I mean by unbearable, where you finally start saying things like, I don't think I can take this one more day. I don't think I can, I, I think I'm about to leave. I think, I think I'm about to be done with all this. And I want to talk to people who feel that unbearable because you know what? When it gets to be unbearable, it can even make you physically sick. I mean, people around getting sick in their physical bodies, carrying around emotional issues they don't know how to deal with um, because they're dealing with unbearable people. You know, I don't even want to be around them. If I get around them, it just sets me off. You know, and people are walking to work day in and day out, carrying all of this baggage of anxiety and pressure, and it's unbearable, not realizing what they are doing unknowingly or unwittingly to contribute to the situation. Hagar, the situation has become unbearable for her. And she started giving the attitude. So Sarai starts, you know, responding and bringing it back, dishing it back, being harsh. And now the whole atmosphere of the home is completely corrosive. It's just awful. I mean, Hagar is mad, you know, at the boss. The boss is mad at her. Abraham's mad at the both of them. He's, he's a guy that's caught in the middle between two angry women, dear God. And it's just, <laughs> it's just awful. And meanwhile, the baby's growing up in an environment of hostility and frustration. And that's crazy because the Bible goes on to say in this passage, and we didn't read it, but the baby, it was prophesied, the baby's going to grow up and come out angry. It's going to come out wild, going to be against everybody. Everybody's going to be against him. He'll live all of the days of his life fighting people. And I suggest to you that the things that are conceived in malice, they grow up and live in hatred. And so you have no idea what's happening to the baby or to a child that's growing up in an environment of hostility and frustration. And you wonder, why are they growing up to be so rebellious and why are they fighting all the time? Because that's all they know. That's all they ever saw. Some of you, your whole life, you've just had that sense of being frustrated and angry and you don't even know why. Because you grew up in an environment where it was being set off all the time. I mean, you're even still in the womb and people are fighting and going after it and you're just growing up around all of this agitation. And listen, it, get, it, it, it takes more than being, you know, uh, than, than just producing a child to be a father. Father's supposed to provide security and peace and affirmation and affection. Moms, it's more than just having a baby that makes you a mother. If there's hostility and bitterness and anger and unforgiveness, that is going to get into the womb too. And so the child grows up in all of this, you know, crazy, stirring frustration. And the Bible says that this was going to get into the child. And guess what? The descendants of Abraham are still fighting and churning and warring against each other today because of what got started in this house. The atmosphere. So Hagar's sick of the atmosphere. She's sick of it. She's frustrated. I'm done. I'm out of here. This is confusion. God's not the author of confusion, which is something Christians say to justify, you know, their stuff. But I know God's not the author of confusion, but it's a good thing God works in confusion. But they say, you know, God's not the author of confusion. I'm out of here. I'm done with it. This environment is toxic. I need to leave. And she quits in anger and just walks out. 
leaves. And now she's not there anymore, but she's not here. She's in between this place and she's not in that place. She's actually nowhere. She's gone, she, you know, and, and in her anger, she walks away with, God gave, with what God gave to her to provide for her life. And the angel of the Lord steps into the situation and says to her these two questions. Hey, 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 where are you coming from and where are you going? Where do you come from? Where are you going? And, and the obvious question in here is like, hey, before you quit, know where you're going. <laughs> where are you headed? I don't know, but I'm, not, I'm, I'm out of there. I'm done. Some people get so mad, they get so frustrated in the moment, they make rash and foolish decisions that they live to regret later. Like the kid pushes you over the line, you finally say, that's it, they're out of here, I'm kicking them out. Well, kicking them out to where? To what? Well, I don't know, but they're out of here. To what? You know that it's probably a whole lot worse than what you have here. And you know you're gonna be going to call, you know, when they call from the police station or the hospital or wherever later, you're gonna go then anyway. Kicking them out to what? Well, I don't, where, to what? That's the question of the angel here. What, what are you doing? Sometimes God puts you in a situation that's uncomfortable because where his will is, even though it's not where you want to be, it's, it's God trying to teach you about submission. We talked about this last week, the big lesson. What do you do when God puts you in a place where his will is something that you don't want to do? God is going to take you into those places. And here she is running down the road, no idea where she's going, totally frustrated with her pregnant self out there in the middle of the desert and with no idea where she's going except it. you know, I quit, I'm out of here. And she's just heading down the road. And he goes, stop, wait, wait, wait. And I just want to stop and just say, hey, thank you, God, for the times where you stopped me and kept me from bad decisions when I was overreacting emotionally. And I didn't know what I was really doing, but I was just mad. Thank you, God, for the times where you just stepped in and you stopped me and kept me from doing something stupid. Like, hey, hey, what are you doing? Wake up. This is crazy what you're doing. Come on. That's what he does to her. Well, where are you going? Where, where are you headed? What, what do you think you're going out to? You think you've got problems back there? Just keep going down this road a little further. I mean, you had food in Abraham's house. You, you had protection in the house of Abram. You had security in Abram. You're, you're about to give birth. You're going to go into labor, and you had the availability of all of the resources of Abram's house. Now what are you going to do? And what's it like out there? What's waiting for you out there in the desert, pregnant woman all by yourselves? Where are you going? The angel of the Lord. What's an angel? An, a, a messenger of God. An unbiased, outside voice of clarity and reason that just comes and says, whoa, well, what are you doing? Return to your mistress now and submit yourself under her hand. Oh. You mean it's God's will for me to go back there into that and to stay in that and I'm not happy? If the only place you're going to be are places where you're happy, you're going to go nowhere. Because in everybody's life, there are seasons that we go through where we're just not happy. You're going to go through seasons in life. This is life. This is normal. Where you're going to go through seasons of life married to somebody that's not always happy. Or on the job and it's not 100% happy. Or pastoring a church and it's not 100% happy. That's a, no matter where you go in life, there are going to be times when it's just, you're just not happy. But you go to work because it's your job. It's the place where you're supposed to go. It's the place that God gave you to provide for you, to meet for your needs. And you cried out, oh, God, meet all of my needs. And he says, all right, I'll do it. But you don't get to choose where I'm going to bless you. 
And you don't get to choose how I'm going to do it. And I've got to confess to you, there are many times in my life where I've just wanted to quit everything I was ever involved with. And you say, why? Because I didn't like it. It wasn't fair. I was treated badly. It wasn't, I didn't like it. I didn't like the way it was going. I wanted to, I could make more money. I could do something different. I don't have to put up with, I've said all those things. And I want to thank God for the times he stopped me and said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Get some perspective. You think it's just about right now? Or do you think that I've got a destiny for you? Do you think I've got a plan for your life? Do you, do, you, do you think that I'm just leaving you right here? And I'm so glad God would get through. And I was able to stop and go, okay, God, stop, stop. I'm not going to go anywhere. I'm not leaving. I'm not moving until your purpose is done and finished in me. Just sometimes you're going to have to go on the job just because that's where you go. You go home because that's your house. That's where you live. That's where God has chosen to provide for you. And I know you don't get acknowledged all the time. And you don't get the credit. But it's paying the bills right now. And it's putting food on the table. It's the way and the place that God says, this is how I'm going to provide. And you don't get to pick where that is all the time. Because look at all the way through the scripture. It might just be a little bit of meal from the hand of a widow. That, that's how God's going to feed you. Or it may be, you know, that you got to be out in the desert and God brings it by the raven, but he's going to provide. Or it may be that you're out digging some ditch somewhere and God says, that's the place where I'm going to provide for you. Or some strange food I never had before called manna. I don't even like it. What is it? But, but, and you're out in the desert frustrated and God says, but that's how I'm going to provide. Do you see what I'm saying? God wants to bless you even when you're frustrated and all your response ought to be is, God, thank you for providing for me. God, thank you for putting food on my table. God, thank you for blessing. Thank you for the ability to get up in my right mind and go to work and to be productive. Thank you. Hello? <laughs> thank you, God, for the ability to get up today and serve the Lord with gladness. Oh, this is getting really good because that's what the Bible says, serve the Lord with gladness. You're coming before him with a joyful heart and an attitude. Hagar's in this place of frustration, learning the lesson how God wants to provide for you in your life at different seasons in uncomfortable places. And I bet you if I would just ask, how many of you are witnessing here to the idea that in uncomfortable places in your life, God was faithful and he always provided for you and he gave you what you needed, even though it wasn't exactly what you wanted. That's the story of our lives. So here she is pregnant woman out on the road trying to do her own thing. And the angel says, I want you to submit. Here's the word of the Lord to you. Submit, go back. You know, I know somebody else is going to get the credit for this. I know this isn't going to be your child. You know, go back. I'm teaching you in this season that I'm going to provide for you. And I didn't send you anywhere else. Your provision is nowhere else. It's right here. And this isn't going to be forever. And I haven't forgotten you. And I haven't left you behind. But I fixed it so that everything you need right here is in your frustrating situation. Oh, this is good. And so she submits. She goes back to the same situation, but with a different attitude. One perspective change, one thought, one, you know, she, she says on her way back, she says, the God who just met with me, he's the God who sees me. He's the God who sees me. I, I, I thought I hated this place. I didn't even like it. I don't even, but, I, but now because I know that he sees me. 
I know that I'm I'm in this alone. I know that this isn't all that there is. God sees you. You see, God knows what's happening. He's not wringing his hands. He's He's not frustrated. He hasn't forgotten you. He has a plan for your life that is for good and not for evil. I know that they meant it to hurt you, but God has meant it for good. He's got a purpose for you. And see, I've watched people for 20 years now get frustrated and walk away from things that God, you know, had set up for them and they quit and they walked out the door and they headed to destruction. Later, they pray and wish they had it all back, that which they threw away. I've seen them leave people and wish they had the relationship back. And I've watched them leave jobs and wish they had the opportunity back. And and I wish them, I've seen them leave and go out and struggle all on their own for no reason because whatever you start in the flesh, that that you're going to reap in the flesh and it's going to die. It's just amazing. Whatever you sow is what you're going to reap later. And so if you keep on walking out and quitting, you're never going to learn what God is trying to teach you. You'll never be who God means for you to be. I spent several years, my first job in the ministry, in 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 the most frustrating, micromanaging, a fear-based controlling environment you could ever imagine. They would unplug the fax machine handle and lock it away at night so nobody would use the fax machine without authorization. They would take the little mice off the computer and lock them away so no one would use the computers after hours. I'd get called any time of night or day, come over to the boss's house, wash his car because he needs to go to the airport, cut the grass, the toilet needs fixed, fix the toilet. What? That's not on my job description. You need to change those lights. And people would say to me, what? what are you doing in a place like that? And I got frustrated and I got mad. But listen, I knew that's where God wanted me and I just submitted and I just humbled myself and I didn't realize all that God was doing. But later, that promotion came and it was so obvious and so clear that God had his hand on my life. I had no idea at the time, but looking back, I see the character that he was developing me and the skill sets he was giving me and the ability to work with people I didn't know how to work with and the ability just to be calm and not to overreact and and, and, I, and you know what, we will run away from things in our life that we see today, not realizing the things that we can't see. And you know, back then, I never saw any of this. I didn't see you. I'm sure glad God was getting me ready. Amen. God was preparing me and using every one of those experiences to get me ready for the... See, I want you to be a person of destiny. And not just look at the moment. If you just keep looking at the moment, you're going to be frustrated every single day of your life. Because nothing's perfect, and nothing's 100%. And there's always going to be evil and difficult and frustrating people who resist you. Plus, you got an enemy that's fighting against you. But if you realize that God is with you, that he's on your side, that he's taking you somewhere, that he's going to lead you through places of frustration, and these are the places that he's chosen to provide for you, your heart will just begin to be filled with gratitude. And gratitude is an incredible motivator. And I know this isn't easy. And I know this is hard, but listen, the Bible says in Zechariah 4, don't despise the day of small beginnings. And just because you're in someplace small doesn't mean that's where it's going to end. Look at the attitude that God says, okay, you want to be a follower of mine, a Christ follower? Let me give you the little job description for anybody who works for me. Check this out. Colossians chapter 3. Obey your earthly masters. And why does he differentiate? Because he's the master with a capital M. So he says, you're going to have some people that are under my authority that I've, I've, I've uh, given as an earthly master for you. 
Try to please them all the time, not just when they're watching you. Serve them sincerely because they deserve it. No, because of your reverent fear for the Lord. Work willingly at whatever you do as though you are working for the Lord rather than for people. And if you do this, you're not going to work in vain and you're not going to get ripped off. You're not going to be working for nothing. Your labor is not going to be unnoticed. Remember, the Lord is the one who will reward you. He'll give you the inheritance. And it's your master, the master, capital M, that you're serving is Christ. It doesn't matter what it says on the sign on the building. You're working for Christ. You're working for the Lord. And he sees you. See, God is just trying to teach you submission to him. And you'll go no higher than your willingness to go low. And so, therefore, if you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God in due time, in the right season, he will lift you up. And whatever God lifts up, no man can put down. Isn't that good? Are you guys awake this morning? I'm ex- See, I get excited when I know what I'm preaching is right. This is right. This is true. This will, this will change your, the way. This will change everything. It's not easy. It's, it makes a good sermon. <laughs> but it's hard to do. I mean, it's easy to submit to somebody who loves you and who you trust, but, you know, what do you do when you go to the job and you have to submit to somebody that you don't like and you're pretty sure they don't like you? But you see, admittedly, this was, this was Hagar's problem because, you know, she went in with the attitude. She got the attitudinal change, and, and her perception was, was that her mistress, Sarai, didn't like her. And most of the time, we're so busy looking at what's been done to us, we fail to consider what we're doing to contribute to the situation. And I don't know if this is helping you or not. This is helping me. I know what it's like to be in frustration and to, and to, to live almost missing the blessing that God had just around the corner because I got too impatient. And had he not intervened and had he not stopped me. And maybe God just sent me as a messenger to you today. Just... I don't know what's going on. I don't know all the details. But I know he sent me here to talk to some frustrated people this morning and say, listen, I see you. I know what's going on. Return. Submit. Get your attitude right. You know, whatever you're sending out, that's what's coming back to you. You got some work to do. You know, and I know this is hard because nobody's taught, you know, you how to do this. Nobody, nobody, this is so hard for this generation to hear because it's the Burger King generation. You know, you want it your way, when you want it, right away. And life's not like that. Nobody's ever taught you how to just endure and just say, you know what, you know, God, I work for you, whatever. God, give me peace. Nobody ever taught you that, that David was anointed king and he had to go submit to Saul. And Saul was trying to kill him. But if he'd have left the house of Saul and run away, he would have never come into his destiny. You see, God is taking you places where you'll say, they're doing this for me for evil. And God will say, yeah, yeah, it was for evil, but I'm meaning this for your good. I've got some, you know, the whole story of Joseph. So anyway, i got to bring this to a landing somehow, some way. <laughs> You don't have to be frustrated one more day. The fix for frustration is a grateful spirit. God, thank you for providing for me. Thank you that you see me, that you're taking me somewhere. I want you to be a person of destiny. God, you can can use me for something greater than where I am today. And I'm humbling myself under your mighty hand. And in due time, you're going to lift me up. I'm going to sow kindness. I'm going to sow grace. I'm going to sow mercy. I'm going to sow the attitudes that I want to see coming back to me. And I promise you this, that if you submit yourself to God and you trust him, he'll take you farther than you ever even dreamed and ever even imagined. And I'm not saying go back and submit to some abusive situation. Let's just clear this up right now. I'm not talking about 
about like just, you know, going back and submit to someone who cheats on you or, you know, who's, who's abusing, beating on the kids or beating on you. I'm not saying that. I'm talking to people who are just frustrated who say, well, I'm sure everybody else is having a better time than me. And I'm sure the grass is greener over there on the other side than what I'm seeing. And, you know, their marriage is so happy. And you don't even know their marriage. You don't even know them. They're just putting on their front for everybody else. Why, why do you think that they're so happy? Well, you don't know. You don't know what it's really like. You need to stop looking around and start looking up. God, what do you have for me? Amen. God, what do you have for my life? God, I'm going to quit comparing myself to everybody else. And God, I just want to run the race that you lead me. Oh, I just don't want to quit. I could just keep telling you this is so good. You could... I hope you're just, I hope you won't go away and, and just forget this today. This is, an, this is a key change. Frustration. Doesn't, you don't have to waste your life that way. God, give me a spirit of security and a spirit of trust that I work for you. I'm not just working for people. You've got my life in your hand, and he does. He's got you in the palm of his hand. He knows your name. He knows everything about you, and it's going to be all right. You receive this today? All right. All right. So, so let's do this. Let's do the submission work right now. You know, submission is just saying, God, okay, your way, not mine. God, I'm ready to see it your way. You're the boss. I'm not. I'm sorry for trying to play your role, cast judgment, and point out everything that's wrong. God, I surrender that role, and I'm ready. Why don't you just surrender to him? If you've never committed your life fully to Christ, this is your moment today. God, I give myself to you. Father, I pray that you would let every person in this room know that they are not alone in submitting to you. We all have to come to this place. Let them know that you have a plan and a purpose for them. If they've been sending out attitude, Lord, just arrest that attitude right here. May it, may it just be contained right now in this place of submission. And Father, give them the grace to change because old habits die hard. And, and some of them have never even seen how they're supposed to treat people or Instead of just fighting, we're all trained to fight. And Lord, I pray that you would give them the grace to change. God, fill them with your spirit. May the change that begins today in the spirit become permanent. And may it lead them on the path of everlasting life as they trust you for everything. You are a good God. All good things come from your hand. Every blessing that you've poured out on us, Lord, we just turn it back to praise to you today. Let no one leave frustrated, but walk out with joy and peace and hope in the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen and amen. Come on, give God a praise one more time. <laughs>